Give a little bit of that, a little bit of this, make them know, yeah. Shoggy. Mm. Uh. <laughs> 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 Original lover, lover. Mm. Yeah. Uh. Get your groove, girl. Get your groove. That's right. What's up, brother? What's going on? How we doing? We're doing good. Doing good? How'd the, show, how'd the show go today? It was good. Uh, the interviews were actually really funny. I was going to say, I listened, and Dave Tollefson, that guy might have the deepest voice I've ever heard in my life. Like, he <laughs> he sounded like Even fucking, around. he sounded like fucking Andre the Giant. It was, it was insane. Um, yeah. We, I liked the interview with him, but eventually it kind of turned into this, like, Eli suck fest back and forth, so I kind of just had to turn it off. But um, Yeah, that, that was great. Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. So, um, we're recording in the, on Saturday, FYI. I turn on Facebook Live this morning. I've got my coffee. I'm ready to start the day. And I see you sitting there in a fucking fedora with your white Tom Brady Super Bowl jersey and big black sunglasses. Now... That's right. You've always been one for the theatrics. One for the, you know, you like all the pop and circumstance of everything. You've, you're the patron saint of the church for giant fans, for patriots. But I think it's a little too much now. It's not even Super Bowl Sunday. It's the day before the Super Bowl, and you're already decked out in Patriots gear. In some weird... The cameras, <laughs> the cameras are on. It's in some weird... They were rolling, so I had to perform. <laughs> some weird Heisenberg, Tom Brady concoction. I mean, it's just like, it w- it's just another level now. We'll be rocking the same thing tomorrow. That's what I wore last year, and I think it paid off. So, I mean, the superstition continues on. I was just going to say, first of all, hats off to us for really dictating the pace on the sports radio narrative as far as this whole giant Patriot fan paradox where giant fans feel empowered by all these Patriot wins and it's really it it struck me because it was it was Francesa on with Bill Simmons and Bill Simmons seemed like really kind of surprised by this idea that giant fans are like empowered by by the Patriots but you know I just don't understand how how people didn't see this coming I mean I know it's been right in front of my face with you all these years but like it really is the most obvious thing. It's so unique and it's crazy and you're right in the middle of it. It makes me sick and it's just like, I'm happy that we kind of were the ones to, to shine light on that and set the tone. Only on the short porch, Mike. Only, only on the short porch. Only there. I'm surprised Bill Simmons didn't get that because, I mean, he probably hates the Giants more than he hates the Jets and they're a division rival because he took two Super Bowls away from them, you know? Yeah. I, I think... mean, I don't get it. I've seen so many memes. It's just like, oh, who are Giant fans rooting for in the Super Bowl? It's a no-brainer. I can't believe any Giant fan would root for the Philadelphia Eagles over the Patriots get lost if you do. Like, come on. Yeah, it makes no sense. Um, so, anyway, I'm coming into... I'm, th- I'm, th- I'm thinking about tomorrow, and I'm starting to get a little depressed about the end of football. And I feel like that's an underlying theme here. It's that we've got one game for the next, like, seven months or so. It's brutal. Okay. There's shitty weather. But for you, you've never really felt that way. I feel like you're, like... 
you know, you're such a big March Madness guy. You're such a big college basketball guy. I feel like you're just getting your engines revved. Like, what what do you, like, how do you feel right now? I mean, I'm really geared up for NCAA. It was a huge week. A lot of ranked teams went down. I wish my Tar Heels were a little better. They kind of suck. I don't see them going anywhere. Definitely not repeating. But, yeah, this is a big time. It's the last month, and then you get the Conference 20s, and then it's the big dance. And I'd like to start doing my homework on these teams now. It's the time. Down the end of the stretch, end of the season, time to get to know these guys. I've watched very few college basketball games start to finish this year just because there's just so much going on. What I know, I know Trey Young. I know what's going on with exactly. him, obviously. But, like, what exactly am I missing out on the college basketball season right now? Like, what's like what's been important to you and what have you found, like, interesting so far? I think it's really open. I think you got those studs, but I don't think they could do anything. Because, I mean, Trey Young, he's definitely the best player in college. He's really fun to watch. He puts up impressive numbers that you don't see at the collegiate level. But, um... He can't carry the team. No one else scores for him. And I feel like there's definitely going to be a team in the tournament that could shut him down, and he does turn the ball over a lot because he always has the ball. And there's got to be a team, or if he's not putting up anything and he can't get any help from any teammates that are going to take Oklahoma out. So that's taking away the best player's team from the tournament. And then you got Duke, who's uh, got four freshmen and then Grayson Allen, and they're not really a great tournament team for the most part overall, you'd say. There's, uh, there's not a really bona fide you know, team that's going to go out in there and win. So I think it's going to be an interesting tournament with a lot of upsets. I guess I can try to get excited for it, but I mean, it really comes down to March Madness. I don't even get excited for the conference tournaments. I don't know why. It just doesn't matter. You know, it just oh, man. You, they ride momentum into there. You got to ride that hot team. You know, that's like uh, the team's fighting to get in there. It, it's really fun. You get, you see people step up in their biggest games. I feel like that's where I get misled the most, is like that hot conference tournament team I end up betting on in the tournament, and then they end up getting bounced. But uh, Like Stephen F. Austin. Yeah, exactly. You know I'm a big Stephen F. Austin guy. Anyway, let's let's talk Super Bowl prop bets. Um, All right, let's do it. Let's start with the basics. The line opened around six. It's moved to four and a half. It's been there for a few days now. Do you think it'll sit there? I don't know. I'm surprised it dropped immediately but then you know what there's so many of the average betters who just hate the patriots and are betting against them just for interest in the game mm. like even those little 25 dollars bets that vegas has taken they add up because it's pretty much all going on the underdog you know just for the positive payout for the average person who isn't a big better but uh there's rumors of floyd mayweather spreading millions of dollars across the vegas strip at several books and he's putting it on the pass which i think might have to shift the spread into the patriots giving more points but I think it's a pretty fair spread, and I don't see it going anywhere over five or any lower than four. I think it'd probably stay at four and a half. Obviously, you are a big proponent in not betting against Tom Brady. You look at this line, and what are your thoughts uh, at the four and a half? Obviously, you think the Pats are going to win. Obviously, you're rooting for the Pats. But where do you like this game to go in terms of a four and a half point difference? It's interesting because the Patriots don't have a very good track record of covering their spreads at the Super Bowl. They only covered last year because they went into overtime. And we all know the comeback and all that. Um, I'm going money line. It's 2-1. to one. It's minus 200 right now. I like that. I could do that. Just win the game. Don't worry about the spread. I don't have to worry about, oh, I need an extra touchdown on top of this field goal, blah, blah, blah. I'm doing the money line. Pony up the dough. 2-1. to one. Let's do it. It is expensive, but it feels like the, the safest bet. You know it's not expensive? Winning. That's true. Um, I have an even. I mean, I I have I fall right in line with you, with you in that thinking, and it and it goes into one of my props. So let's go Super Bowl props. You start. Give me something that you're feeling really good about right now. 
All right. Um, I was actually a little impressed with the first touchdown score. Gronkowski, across the board on his player props, actually has pretty shitty pass. He does. He so does. I'm not. I'm not excited by any Gronk. Uh, by any Gronk no, props. Yeah. Nothing jumps out at you, but for a first touchdown score, him at plus seven hundred is actually a pretty good value. I think. Because you know, if they're in the red zone, he's the guy. So for so is, I, is that first touchdown score of the game? Yes, first player to score a touchdown, Rob Gronkowski at plus seven hundred. I think that's his best value in any prop you could get Gronkowski at. Do you have anything else, or do you like anything else with Gronk in the mix? Not with Gronk. That's it for Gronk. Um, there's also one. I'm a big guy in the Tom Brady rushes. Uh, the score anytime and the team to win. I know you were familiar with that bet last year where you yeah. got the right score, but you didn't get the win. <laughs> and um, Tom Brady's rushing touchdown and for the Pats to win is plus 1,200. And we all know if the Pats get the ball on the one-yard line, you know what they're doing, and he's going to get that sneak. So I think it's worth a shot, especially at plus 1,200. Not, not bad uh, to drop a little like 500 on that. It's a good payout. Is is he still doing that? Like, is he still capable of that automatic fourth and inches, fourth and one QB sneak for a touchdown at this age? I don't see why they would hold him back in the Super Bowl to do it. I, I'm sure he's done it a couple times this season. I don't care if he's 40. He's a gamer. He'll go in there. He'll duck his head. He'll do it. It's the Super Bowl. I guess you're right. Um, okay. So, I like something in the realm of first scoring play. Now, I was looking at just first scoring play of the game. Eagles field goal, plus 400. What do you think about that? Good value. I mean, um, the, in fact, the Patriots, I think, trailed in the first quarter in every single one of their Super Bowls they've ever been in. So From, from the out. From, yeah, exactly. A nice little 400 juice on that. Not bad. And uh, I actually like that a lot. That's worth a shot. From the outset, after the coin flip, the, let's just say the Eagles win the coin flip. I think they want the ball first. You and, have to imagine so. And try even if the Patriots win, they're going to want the ball. They're going to kick it. So and, odds are, I think the Eagles are getting the ball first regardless. So I think you're looking at a pretty good chance that the Eagles start the game with the ball. The, Agreed. The, the Patriots have a tendency of letting teams kind of move the ball on them, but they get really stingy down in the red zone. So I think that this is a about as good a play as I've seen on any prop board. Um, I would like it to be a little bit more than 400, but I think the Eagles find a field goal here as a first score. I, I also like the Patriots to kick off first at about even, what is that? About even money. What's that at? Even. Even money? Yeah. I like that a lot because I'm actually in 100% agreement with you the Eagles are getting the ball first no matter who wins the coin toss. Yeah, they have a tendency. So even money, I I like that a lot. I got to find that one. I actually I'll throw down on that. Yeah, uh, well I I see it now. It's it's one fifteen minus one fifteen. Oh, still, and it's one fifteen all around. That that premium vig for these Super Bowl bets. It, yeah, it's crazy. That's your, that's your typical vig. You're right. That's like the pick. All right, so give me give me something else you like. All right, I'm really intrigued by a bunch of these crossover bets from the other sports that are going to be going on earlier before the big game. All right, before we, get into, before we get into crossovers, let me just give you another regular-ass Super Bowl prop bet that, that I'm interested in, and then we can get a little crazy. Okay, I have one more for you, too, but you go for Okay, me. go ahead. Go ahead. What is it? Okay, uh, the shortest field goal made I see at 26 and a half. Mm. I'd like the over of that. That's a pretty short field goal. It is. I'm talking about getting really stuffed inside the red zone, like the, the inside the 10. Yeah, what is that? What's a 26 and a half yard field goal? 
That's it. That's inside um, the ten, right? That's on the nine yard line. What do you What do you put eight yards on top of it, or ten yards on top yeah. of it, where they yeah. are on the field? So yeah, it's inside the ten, pretty much. That's at the six yard line, give or take. Interesting. So I like that as an over, and that's out of pick two minus one fifteen. Hmm. Well, let's hope that that doesn't coincide and ruin my uh, first scoring play Eagles field goal. Because my hope is that no matter what, the Eagles will be looking to take that zero off the board early in the game if they get the ball. Like, you know, they're not going to push it to, to score a touchdown, I don't think. No, they were super you aggressive. you got to take the points. Yeah, they were super aggressive against Minnesota, but I think that they'll they'll be eager to just get ahead, stay ahead, because they – they aren't a team that's played a whole lot of games from behind, especially now with, with Foles. So, not taking the points against New England is that's going to really hurt you in the game. So, I think my my crush and the guy who I'm centering a lot of my prop bets around is Danny Amendola. I I think everybody right, loves Amendola. I think right now, despite the fact that Gronk is their best playmaker, Amendola. And and you could say Deion Lewis, obviously, but but Philly has a really stout front seven, and I think they're going to give him issues. But Amendola is Brady's most trusted recipient of the football. Like he's firmly cemented in his stable of boys. To ask for you know five catches and the over under on his total receptions is four and a half right now. I think five catches from a guy who's an absolute rock in these big playoff games. I think it's a slam dunk. Other than Gronk, who is obviously a mismatch nightmare for any team. But I feel like there's still, like, there's... I mean, I know it's the Super Bowl, so there's nothing to hold back. But, like, you know, they still don't, like, force-feed Gronk the ball. Even in even in Jacksonville, they didn't really do it um, early yeah, on. Yeah, but, like, I, I, I just feel like Amendola is, like, that trusty... That trusty little, like, they're going to run a lot of pick plays and try to get him open... I feel like Gronk, it's kind of like a situation almost like, you know, back in the day with Randy Moss where it's like, you know, just give him the ball and and hope that he makes a play because he's that good. But I feel like in yeah, this scenario... Yeah, make him make a play on the ball, right? I feel like in these scenarios, like, you know, you draw it up and it's like, you know, you're going to find Amendola with a window here and, you know, boom, 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 five catches. I don't think it's asking a whole lot. It is minus 145, but I feel like that's about, that's about as good as I'm feeling about any of these bets. Is also it, set there for a reason, though, and I feel like a lot of people like that one. So that always do they? Be a little scared. And yeah, I've heard a lot of people love an Amendola props. Shit. Even James White's getting a lot of flashy uh, props because I guess he has the best payouts out of all the past. He does, and I think everybody's thinking back to last year, which brings me to right. another absolute lock, which would be, um, as far as I'm concerned, you want to take Patriots money line at, at minus two hundred. I think. Justice, uh, why not just take Brady MVP minus 140? Agreed. I agree. I think you're getting the same exact value. I think it's just the cheaper Patriots money line. Exactly. I I mean, think about this last year with James White. 14 catches, three touchdowns, didn't win the MVP. Who the fuck's going to win the MVP this year? Like, what do you got to do to take the MVP out of Brady's hands? Someone on defense would have to have, like, two touchdowns or something, honestly. Yeah, I don't see, like, Patrick Chung or, like, you know, Stephon Gilmore uh, (laughs) Uh, hoisting that MVP trophy. I think it'll be Tom terrific, and I, I would just as soon take the him to win MVP uh, before I would take the money line. So that's that's kind of where I'm leaving Patriots there. Money line, pretty much, is what Tom Brady's Super Bowl MVP is. Yeah, basically. I also like Amendola, first player to score, coupled in with a Patriots victory plus seventeen hundred. 
He's not a big red zone guy, but he is, like I said, like he is he that's, is the that's him to get a touchdown and the pass win. He has to be the first player to score a touchdown and the Patriots have to win. It's plus seventeen hundred. That's, that's a juicy payout, it honestly. Is juicy. And uh it a lot is of people juicy. think he's the big X factor for him. That's worth putting a little bit of money on. Why not? I like it. I like it. I don't know what um kind of figures I'm looking there, but I'm definitely gonna touch that. Um so why don't we go into the sports crossover bets, which I'm always like there's so much brain power that's needed to like dissect this shit. Like I, I, I can't even get near it. So why don't you give me? Uh, why don't you try to explain to me what you're thinking here? Okay, there's two I actually like. One I only like because I'm going to be at the New York Knicks game tomorrow as a pregame for the Super Bowl. What a day! The New York Knicks. What, <laughs> what a fucking day! Soon. So I have to do this prop bet. It's Chris Paps Porzingis points and rebounds, and then I get 28 and a half on top of that over Zach Ertz receiving yards. So figure Porzingis gets 25 points, 5 rebounds. That's 30 uh, total. And then on the 28 and a half on top, that would be 58 and a half that Zach Ertz has to go under for me to win that. Mm. And I think it's going to be a little close, but just because I'm going to the game, I have to do that bet. It just, it, it, it's a personal thing. Um, I, I can't see why any sound-minded human being would place that bet. But I, I, <laughs> I guess that, you know, that's just... That's who you are, you know, and that's how your day is going, and, and, and that's what you'll do. Do you know how fun it will be rooting for him at the Garden? Just well, that, because of this prop. You know what I don't like is that... Off? That's great. No, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. But um, you know what I don't like is that a lot of these crossover bets are with Saturday night games. It's weird. It's like, it's, you yeah, know... Yeah, I'd rather do the same day. The whole fun of the thing is like what you're saying. It's like, you know, start the day. It's like a little... It's like a Super Bowl preview. Like, your Super Bowl action is already starting. And, like, I don't know. The, there's some games today that are being played that you can mix in. It's just like, it's weird. Another one I like is something I'm, I am going to bet, too. Um, Chris Paul, points and assists total, minus one and a half versus Tom Brady completions. Because I think Chris Paul could definitely get it close to 30. And that's asking for a lot of completions for any quarterback. Mm. Well, the over-under well, the over under for Brady completions right now, I think, is 27. What do you think about that? Um, it depends how they are in the game. I mean, he should be around that. I'm sure he's going to have around 25. So that's, that's a fair mark. That's kind of what I'm... a lot no matter what. Like... The way the you know, it's like the way the Patriots operate is like they don't have to dictate the pace of the game on offense. Like they'll look at what they're getting and they'll just exploit that. So if it's going to be a bunch of dink and dunks and like this and that, like that's it'll be you know 35, 40 completions for Brady. But maybe that's not what they'll give them. Maybe he'll beat them in another way. So I think it's kind of like you know, pick your poison. You really don't know what you're going to get, but. I'm intrigued. You know, the thing is, they throw the ball even when they're uh, up. They don't care. If they're killing clock, they'll still throw the ball and get the first down. They don't care. They, they're just a machine. When the machine starts with him throwing the ball. That's why I like the idea of taking the over there because I feel like, you know, no matter what the pace of the game looks like early on, there's always going to be a chance of just a barrage of Brady completions, like, out of nowhere. Like, you might just get, like, 10-11 in, like, you know, a seven-minute span. Like, who knows? Yeah, in one drive. <laughs> exactly. So I, I, I'm leaning towards that. I also like the over on uh, attempts, too. It's 40 and a half. It's a lot of attempts, though. It is. It is. Do you like any of these ambiguous, like, 
National Anthem, you know, Gatorade, sweatshirts. It's weird because every book covers it differently, so it's kind of hard to talk about. So where, where do you stand right. on all that? I feel like for the most part it always goes over because they always have to, you know, hold it out and make it really, you know, triumphant and over-exaggerated. The National Anthem, but, um, yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of uh, sites that I'm on that they you have to call the time frame. Like, it has to be in between... 90 seconds to 110 seconds, you know, instead of just an overall number over under. Mm. And that pays out accordingly. Pretty well, every single one's positive, but um, that's hard to predict. I like the one where it's a set number and you just root for pink to hold out those notes at the end. But uh, I feel like it usually goes over, but a lot of those sites aren't even offering that. They want you to predict the actual time it's going to be and they give you a little range to bet from. That's not as fun. I would, no, I would never do that. That's cra- that's a little uh, that's a little too deep for me. That's a little too crazy well, for me. It pays off if you're right, but it's, it's that's hard to do. I have one more special bonus um, bet that I'm going to take. So I looked this up on Bovada. First person Tom Brady French kisses after the Super Bowl. The odds on favorite right now is his 14 year old son. <laughs> Your thoughts? That's a real bet. Your thoughts? Did you see you? You saw the video, right? I saw the video. What do you? What did you think about your boy making out with his there's son? There's a lot of there's a lot of jealous women of Tom Brady's son. I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, he loves his son. He loves him in a different way. When uh, you're a god like Tom Brady, you can kiss your son however you want. Uh, he didn't look too thrilled at first, and then uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess his son gets it. Sure. That's how that's how they kiss each other. It's him, Giselle, Belichick, the trophy. Or craft. Fuck you. Fuck this. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, all right. So uh, that's all I have. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't go too deep into this. Um, do you have anything else? Do you have any other prop bets on on deck? I have a funny one. It's Carmelo Anthony free throws made at a pick. That's it. Just how ma- however many free throws he makes versus. Tom Brady touchdown passes. <laughs> what? And it's at an even. It's at an even pick, minus one fifteen for each. Oh yeah, I like, mean, I can't believe they're holding that as like you would think Carmelo should easily win this bet, right? Hit me four free throws, and uh, Tom Brady has to throw four touchdowns just to tie. Does he just? Help? Does he just have this historic? Like absence of free throws this season that I'm not aware That's of. I was wondering. I haven't watched him too much in OKC. I just see his final line, but I don't really look at his free throws. I can tell you just from his game, his isolation. I'm going to shoot a jump shot with someone right on me. That he doesn't get to the line too much, and he doesn't seem like he drives too much anymore. So I guess he doesn't, and I guess he really only averages two or three because that's the only thing that makes sense for this thing to be a pick. I I, I wish you luck in that endeavor. Um, I don't know. Oh, which... I'm not taking it. I oh, hate you're not taking. It. You I just think to win me money. You just think it's funny. Okay. I, it's hilarious. It's so disrespectful <laughs> to him. Um, one last thing. Baseball, I, this whole offseason is so crazy, and this memo that went out Boring. from from this uh, from this agent basically like declaring war on the owners. Like I'm just loving this offseason, aren't you? Like just the the idea that there are just like basically five teams or six teams who actually try to get better this offseason, and everyone else is either actively tanking or. Or just staying stagnant. Meanwhile, the Yankees, who had no business even making moves this offseason, go out and get the reigning National League MVP and are just sitting there waiting to pounce on all these teams. Like, I cannot wait for the Marlins to come into Yankee Stadium in April 
and just get absolutely obliterated on their way to like a hundred and forty loss season. Like it really is it's it's really tuning up to be like a historic at least regular season for the Yankees. I don't know this offhand, but what do you think the Marlins team total wins is this year? It's gotta be You mean no the, higher than sixty. What the over under is set? Yeah. I would think wouldn't you think wouldn't you think under? Wouldn't you think like under sixty? Wouldn't you think like fifty eight and a half something? <laughs> Like, it's a hundred lost season if it's that. Uh, well, a hundred and two lost season if I mean, it's that. Sick. They are completely gutted, like completely. They, <laughs> they have the they have like one of the worst roster compositions in the history of sports heading into a season. Like it's it's insane. And to think that there's anything good that can come from this, like you know, if you lose a hundred and ten games in a season, that wears on your franchise for a while. You know, that is like just, that just, that's the, the, they already have the mark of a loser. Like to just like, to, to do what they're doing right now will set them back no matter, even if they come back to, to competitiveness soon. Like you don't just lose 110 games in a season and like, you know, shed that quickly. And who's going to go to their games? I went to a tour over there and I saw their deals. $30 for every game of the month. Every home game of the month for thirty dollars, and I was like, "Wow, what a great deal!" Now that they traded everybody, at the time they only traded Sen. Now that they have nobody on that lineup, that's a horrible deal. <laughs> yeah, right. A month to see this team. Yeah, get out of here. I mean, they're going to have the lowest attendance, which is a shame because the ballpark is beautiful. But I mean, look what they did to that team. There's no, there's no draw. Who are they going to see? Justin Bohr? It's bad for baseball, but it's great for the Yankees, and I. You know, I am like very against this whole idea of tanking and just not being competitive in an effort to be good, like in five years. So yeah, I really hope the Marlins are tanking. I mean, that's that's pathetic. I really hope the Marlins get just get the shit kicked out of them all year to the point where it's just like I don't want to see one glimmer of hope the entire season. And, and it's going to be bad. I really think they're going to have they're going to compete for the record of worst base uh, record in baseball ever. Uh, I can't I, see them winning too many games over there. I might go to those Yankee Marlins games and just like I might just get you know really really into it and like screaming up like ten one fifteen one just like just to encourage the pounding. So you know what I'm dying to see? I'm dying to see when the Marlins go to the Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw is pitching at home. What that betting line is going to be? Because it really <laughs> might be minus five hundred in that game. <laughs> Kershaw has the most outrageous betting lines no matter who he faces, and especially at home. And to see the Marlins come in, like, who is going to... He's going to throw a perfect game against them. <laughs> that line's going to be humongous. Hopefully the stove will heat up a little bit more as we get closer to the to the spring training. I mean, we're two, we're about two weeks away from pitchers and catchers. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you're loving this offseason. That's just because you're a Yankee fan. It's actually a really boring and dead offseason. Other than Marlins moves, there's been nothing going on. Yeah, I know. That's kind of what I mean. So I'm curious how it'll play out. But um, anyway, this was great. Um, now that football's over, we got to find something else to talk about. So hopefully we'll figure something out and uh, we can talk soon and, and, and fire something up. Absolutely. Well, thank Sounds you. Great. Thank you for calling. Um, and I'll see you around soon. Let's go! No days off! No days off! No days off! Yeah.